Audio test, October 18th. Series is My Father is Always Working. Message, Being Committed. We wanted to welcome you today to the Hills Church at home. And like we say every, uh, every week, if you're in a household with people, wake them all up. Maybe you're in the backyard by yourself. Maybe you're on a bus or a train. Uh, but gather your Bibles. Or if you're using some device, you can go to a Bible app, follow along. You can also download our message notes. In fact, the message notes today from our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. And if you have any young children, you can download the kids' activity uh, sheets as well. Print those off. Have those ready for the kids during our our study time. You you can go back several weeks of these messages that are recorded, though we only keep four or five weeks on the website. So if you're interested in other notes or activity guides, just email us, info at hillschurch.org. Arcadia.org. So I'm going to be today in Luke chapter 4, verse 1 through 15. In fact, let, let me uh, start with this verse today, John 5, 17, picking up uh, from last week. In fact, we looked at John 5, where Jesus healed on the Sabbath. He was ridiculed uh, because of it. He also, in fact, the Bible says it also was the people were now starting to conspire to have him killed. But he says this one verse, and I really want this to be a verse that impacts your heart and your spirit in Jesus's words. He says this, John 5, 17, Jesus answered to them, my father has been working until now, and I have been working. My father has been working until now, and I have been working. Last week, we went all the way back into Genesis and came forward and even looked at the Exodus and in Exodus 14 of the work of God, how he was at work. He's always been at work. Jesus now, physically on earth, is at work. In fact, we mentioned it two ways. God's working on the outside of things. He sends Jesus to work on the inside of us. So I want to look at um, at that today. In fact, uh, I want to read this first part because Jesus now, when we pick up in, in Luke 3, and we're just about to get to Luke 4, Jesus is just beginning his ministry. Luke chapter 3, verses 21 and 22, and it says this, When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus was also baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, you are my beloved son, in you I am well pleased. Get this picture so quick if you can with me. In fact, we see God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the three-in-one, the Trinity, the Elohim, all at work together. You have Jesus being baptized in the Jordan River. You have the Holy Spirit descending like a dove. It wasn't a dove that came down. It was like a dove. And you have the Father speaking, 
This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus now begins the ministry. In fact, we read in Luke chapter 3, verse 23, and it says, Now Jesus himself began his ministry at about 30 years of age. 30 years of age. You know, you can go back and you can look earlier in the book of Luke. You know, really, we see Jesus at birth, him being born. We see him at the age of 12. He's missing from his parents, but he's at the temple and he's talking and he's asking questions and he's answering and he's listening to the religious leaders. But now at age 30, 30, you know, at age 30, we've already probably done a lot of things. I was just making sure that I had this one story right when I was 30. No kids. Michelle and I had only been married about three years. She was going to do a surprise birthday party for my 30th birthday. Now, let me say this. I'm not a, um, a, you don't have to have a party for me. I'm not a surprise party person. You don't need to do anything of that. But she wanted to have a 30th birthday party. Well, we had just bought um, a brand new Ford Explorer. Now, and, and the reason I remember this, because she was trying to surprise me. Well, I remember I got into this Ford Explorer day, and I noticed there was hay it, it, throughout the entire inside of our brand new car. Hay was everywhere. Well, what she was doing, she was putting together a Western surprise birthday party. She had picked up some hay bales, and on the freeway going home, she had uh, the, the window open in the back. Well, all of that hay began to swirl around and swirl around inside our, our brand new car, and it was literally everywhere. Do you know, we had that car from, I believe, um, you know, 1994, 95, all the way up until 2001 when we sold it. Do you know, every time I vacuumed that thing, it had hay in it. You can never get rid of the hay. In fact, I figured out she had a surprise birthday party because I was trying to figure out where all this hay was coming from. And then, you know, she had to fess up that uh, she was doing a surprise party for me. Well, I was turning 30. And it was that one significant year. You know, Jesus now is turning 30. He's now just beginning ministry. So you know what we expect? We expect now his ministry's kicking off. He's having a Sunday event. He's going to kick off in the synagogue. He's going to preach. He's going to heal. He's going to start choosing disciples. But we don't read that at all. Here's what we read. Baptism. And then we read this. In fact, let me read this verse out of Mark. Mark chapter 1, verses 12 through 13. He's just starting the ministry now. We read this. Immediately the Spirit drove him into the wilderness, and he was there in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan and was with the wild beasts, and the angels ministered to him. Wait, the Spirit now, he's... Full of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit drives him to be tempted, right? To be tested. 40 days in the wilderness. 40 days. Well, I want to pick this up. In fact, um, I encourage you to have your Bibles or your Bible app on your phone. I want to read quickly this testing part, and I want you to pay attention when Jesus is tempted, how he responds 
back because I want to hit on that a little bit today and next week. But Jesus' first part of being in the ministry is to be tempted. We read this, John chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days, he ate nothing. And afterwards, when it had ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command the stone to become bread. And Jesus answered saying, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Jesus said those words, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Then the devil taking him up on a high mountain, showing him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me and I will give it to whom, whoever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Verse 9, Then he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, Throw yourself down from here, for it is written. Now, when it's reading, for it is written, this is the devil talking. The devil is quoting scripture to Jesus. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. And in their hands, they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and said to him, it has been said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Now, when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. And then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit and news of him went throughout the surrounding region and he taught in their synagogues being glorified by all. You know, there's a lot of things that we could unpack. I won't do it today. But I always get this picture, in fact, we read it here, that this temptation, this was, this was something that was taking place in the wilderness. Jesus is all alone. Can you imagine being all alone 40 days in a wilderness? You have no cell phone. You have no GPS. You have no computer. You have no email. You, you don't have any way to communicate to anybody else. Nobody, maybe the only thing they know is a few know that you're out somewhere in the wilderness. You don't have anywhere to be to communicate. It can get very lonely, very quick. In fact, we know this. It would appear through the Gospels that Satan is coming to get him hard at an opportune time of Jesus's weakness. You know, many people after missing a meal or two, get so hungry and cranky and irritable. Can you imagine 40 days and nights without even eating? Imagine the, the um, temptation and giving, giving up, giving in that sometimes people will do, but not Jesus. 
In fact, when, when we read this, um, Satan has really three different uh, goals or ideas in mind to tempt Jesus, and he wants to get him at his weakest point so that he would give in and act independently from the Father rather than Jesus submitting himself to the will of God. In fact, the will of God was for him to die on the cross. He wants to get Jesus at the weakest point so that he'll give in and act independently of the Father. You know, Adam and Eve fell, Genesis chapter 3. Adam and Eve fell. They fell for the fruit. But here's the one thing to remember about that. They had fruit all around them in the garden. There was this one fruit that God said, do not eat, right? It was forbidden. And yet it was the one that enticed them. They had plenty of fruit all around them, but they fell for the one. Even when Jesus quoted scripture, and I think this is important for us to get a picture of, even when Jesus quotes scripture, Satan comes back again, and Jesus is physically empty, but he's spiritually full. How did he enter the temptation? He entered it full of the Holy Spirit. You know, in our lives, regardless of what you do, all of us need to be full of the Holy Spirit. All of us need to have our days charged up by the Holy Spirit. In fact, because we read at the end there that Satan would come back at a more opportune time. He looks to get in places when we become weak, tired, hungry, exhausted, irritable, to cause us to fall. Jesus, at his weakest point physically, was spiritually strong. He knew the word of God. And here's what I think is most important today, and I want to put this quote up on the screen for you. The scriptures Jesus quoted let Satan know exactly his commitments and his convictions. The scriptures that Jesus said were to let Satan know exactly what his commitment to and what his convictions were. He was committed in serving his father. He was committed to not act independently. He was convicted by the word of God. He would not break the word of God. Let me quickly mention this. In fact, uh, one of the verses in John chapter 2, uh, 1 John chapter 2 verse 16 lets us know that in this situation, in fact, the fall of Adam and Eve was the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The fruit looked, you know, oh, it looks good. I bet it tastes good. We'll be like God knowing good from evil. In fact, Genesis chapter three says that exactly. It looked good. It was pleasant to the eyes. It was desirable to make one wise. And what does the enemy come out and throw out at Jesus? In a hungry state, turn these stones into hot sourdough bread. Probably wasn't sourdough bread, but have you ever smelled hot, fresh, bread or some bakery item. Oh, it smells so good. If you ever have something like that hot, you just don't have one piece. 
you want to eat it and eat it and eat it. It was the, right, the lust of the eyes. Turn these stones into bread. Boy, Jesus thought he was sure hungry. All of the kingdoms of the world I could give to you, right? It would. It was pleasant to the eyes for Jesus to see all of the kingdoms of the world, but he didn't fall. Throw yourself down. You know that what the Bible says, you're quoting it to me, the angels are going are gonna to catch it. Jesus says, we don't tempt God. And we, um, it was, Adam and Eve fell because it was, the fruit was desirable to make them wise. Jesus didn't fall. In fact, he overcame all of these temptations at his weakest physical point because he had the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. You know, I, I don't know what temptation that you battle with, but there's not any temptation out there than you, that you cannot overcome. But where we have to start is we have to start with the power of the Holy Spirit. We have to know that if Satan came at Adam and Eve back in Genesis 3, if Satan came at Jesus in Luke chapter 4, Satan's going to come to you today on October 18th and try to tempt you to get you to be, what? Independent from God and away from his words. But you got to be supercharged in these days by the power of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter how tired or hungry or exhausted or worn out you are. We have to stay strong in the Spirit. That, that's a key that we see here in Jesus. In fact, let me read a couple other verses for us today. Romans 5 verse 18 says this. Therefore, as though one man's offense, judgment came to all men. Let's talk about Adam. His offense was that he fell and sinned, right? For now all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But Romans 5, 18 then says this, judgment came to all men resulting in condemnation. Even so through one man's righteous act, talking about Jesus, the free gift came to all men resulting in justification of life. You know what Jesus did? It wasn't a temptation that he had to also overcome personally, individually. It was also something that he overcame as an example to us. Full of the Spirit and full of the conviction of knowing life coming from the Word of God. Remember that. He was committed to the Father. And he had convictions uh, on the word of God, the word of life. In fact, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 18 said, For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is also able to aid those who are being tempted. Let me read that again. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. Can I let us all know that we're not alone? That you're not alone in temptation? Jesus not only overcame the temptation, but Jesus is able to help those that are being tempted. You know, many times I have um, uh, people share with me, in fact, over the years, 
of things that have become temptations to him. And, you know, I can go through the list and say, that doesn't tempt me, that doesn't tempt me, that doesn't tempt me. You know, we're, we're all different. But the enemy knows the weak places. You know, it reminds me a little bit of, you know, if you have concrete or asphalt, there's a little crack. It's amazing how somehow the seed of a weed can get in that crack. You don't see it, but it begins to sprout. And if you don't get the root out, that thing begins to grow. Jesus is reminding us that we are not alone in this. We're not isolated. We're not abandoned. In fact, we'll not know that experience. He became abandoned for us. In fact, we read in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, it says this, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. In fact, I think it would be important for all of us to read uh, this wherever you are. Let's read this verse together, Hebrews 4.15. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. The overcomer is our example. You know, we started with John uh, 5.17, where Jesus said, my father has been working uh, until now, and I have been working. The work that Jesus wants to do on the inside of us is to alert us. In fact, the first thing that he is challenged with in ministry before he's ever preached to a, a crowd is he's challenged with these temptations and he's challenged to fight the flesh. Will I turn stones to bread? Will I surrender my authority for the kingdoms of the world? Will I tempt God and throw myself down? He's challenged, but he overcame. And in overcoming this, in fact, we read that, he can sympathize exactly with what we're struggling with today. Yet, he was tempted in all points, yet he didn't fail. He is our example. He is my example. In fact, remember, we've got to go back to our commitments and convictions. We've got to be committed to be people that are full of the Spirit and full of, of His Word, that we will act on the things that He says. Notice that Jesus did this for all mankind. In fact, we read in Romans, right? He did this for all men, it says. All men. We have a high priest. Did it for all people. Jesus came to show us and to live with us that he's at work. I pray, in fact, I want to pray to I want to pray that whatever has been tempting you, maybe controlling you, uh, maybe it's an addiction, maybe it's something so private you've never told anybody, that you would today be encouraged to be full of the Holy Spirit, be full of his words and see yourself as an overcomer. A couple of weeks ago, we, we looked at where, uh, where the scriptures called us more than conquerors, that we would be people free because of Jesus, free because of his words. So I'm gonna pray uh, for us today, first place. Lord, I, I pray for all of us that find ourselves in places of temptation and struggle, relapsing, 
fighting. Father, I pray tonight that we surrender ourselves by the power of the Holy Spirit operating on the inside of us. Teach us, show us in this world. In fact, we ask for the Holy Spirit to empower us in Jesus' name. Lord, we will be fully committed and fully convicted to being students that are hungry for your word. We're not going to fall by the tricks and the traps of the enemy. We're going to be alerted to his ways. Like as Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun. He doesn't come up with anything new. But what he uses is has become effective. But Father, today we break those temptations and those struggles. And we say we are free today in Jesus' name name. I want to say that over you today. You are free today in Jesus' name. Be free from any addiction, drug addiction, pornography addiction, any addictions that would overcome. Would you come back, not merely by words that I'm praying, but by what Jesus says, being our high priest who sympathizes with our weakness, who was at all points tempted, but he did not sin. He's our example. In fact, if if you're out there and you've never uh, made Jesus the Lord of your life, you know, I want to pray this with you today. And this prayer is taken out of Romans chapter 10, 9, and 10. In fact, we'll put it on the screen here. And I want you to pray this. In fact, Romans 10, 9, and 10 says this, that if you would confess the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Would you pray this with me? Would you believe it in your heart? Dear God, I believe that Jesus lived, died, and rose again for me. I accept him as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me of all of my sins and today, I begin my relationship with you in Jesus' name, amen. You know, I know I say this every week. It is the most important prayer that you'll ever pray. It's that first step, and we would love for you to connect with us. Shoot us an email, info at hillschurcharcadia.org. If you're following even right now by some social media, whether it's Facebook or YouTube, you can reach out on those social media platforms. So important that you reach out as well. As we receive our, our tithes and offerings, I want to read this one verse. To us. Since we're, we're in a fight overcoming temptations, we also remember that Ephesians lets us know that we're in a battle, but we understand our authority in a battle. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11 and 13 says this, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand. Standing against the wiles of the devil and having the power to withstand and to stand therefore. So as we give today, Um, Let's pray this prayer together. Let's pray this in our hearts and let's make this a confession of our faith today. Ready? Pray this with me. 
as I give in today's offering, I stand in unity with God, His Word, and the Holy Spirit. I stand together in prayer and agreement with those in my house believing that God will do exceedingly abundantly above all that I could ask or imagine. I stand against all the powers of the enemy and I will not be moved and I will not give up. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you're giving uh, today, you can do it two ways. You can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org, and you can click on the Give button. It's safe, it's fast, it's secure. You can also give by mail, and our mailing address is the Hills Church, P.O. Box 661419, Arcadia, California, 91066, and we do... We thank God over you that you are standing strong in these days, overcoming the tricks and the traps of the enemy, and you will stand and you will see God's abundance come upon you, your family, and the places that you work, because God will prosper what you put your hand to. You know, I love spending this time uh, with you, and as we do each week, the reason we're called the Hills Church is because of these two verses And I want to read this before we close today. Psalm 121, 1 and 2, it's out of the New Century Version, and it says, I look up to the hills, but where does my help come from? I want to ask you today, where does your help come from? Your help comes from the Lord who made the heaven and the earth. The Lord bless you. Have a great day. We'll be praying for you this week. God bless you. Off. How long?